0: All right. We're live. Imagine if there was some sort of a really interesting animated intro to this series and just close your eyes and imagine that. And that's that's how it would have opened if we had our stuff together here. Right. Um, so we're going live again. It's a Tuesday morning. Uh, I've got Clover Tech here from uh, the Gun Tuber Academy. I think we're actually live on that channel. Uh, but then uh, we've been doing a series actually since last year, since uh, November of twenty-two. We've been uh, chatting about Shot Show every Tuesday. Both of us are big fans of the industry get togethers. Shot Show specifically is a kind of a, the largest and the um, most elaborate, most and the longest, so the most involved. And then uh, content creators, we're both fans of uh, seeing and experiencing and being part of people's projects and, and how they take them and where they go with them. And people that are interested in taking their stuff to the level of going and going to industry events and starting that, you know, we kind of had this series to encourage that and to enable that, to inspire that and to, uh, I don't know, coach or offer assistance with that. And now that the show is over, there's lots of stuff in the after action, in the resolution of all that. Um, and we uh, kind of you know just kind of continued the Tuesday thing going i think clover's a little more overshot show than i am i'm i could talk about it all year long because it's a big enough impact and everything it's like the moon or something you could talk about other things in the sky but the moon's right there um so uh you know we don't really need to talk about the show anymore but we're kind of still on the uh in the habit of getting together with folks uh, on an Morning show. Morning show makes it kind of roll up their sleeves and get to work as opposed to uh, let down your hair and have a few drinks in the evening type of formats that typically the uh, live conversations happen in. So I think Clover's doing something right now, but he'll be back assuming he'll be back um, talking about tips, hacks, and shortcuts. Just had to come up with some topic today. So creating content can be fun. It can be a pain in the butt. It can be difficult it can be easy the difficult parts or the parts that are boring or the parts that are lame can unless you're somehow interested in the parts that other people find lame uh can be i don't know you know annoying or worse and uh that's where i think the tips and hacks and shortcuts at least for me i tend to look for things that make those parts that i don't enjoy less time consuming or less hectic So that's, I think, what I'm thinking of when I typed in tip hacks and shortcuts, but people might like the idea of shortcutting some of the easy stuff or some of the stuff that's more fun for some reason, and uh, we'll uh, talk about those things today. So we went live a little bit late, so I apologize for anybody that uh, saw the start time right at the top of the hour and uh, missed us or scheduled something or arranged something to be with us for that. And you're just catching the beginning at the end of your time with us. So I apologize for that. I'm blaming my computer for that. I don't think I shut it down well last night and it didn't really start up and get moving for me this morning accurately or well and uh, took a while for us to kind of get our stuff going here. But uh, if you are out there and you're part of the want to be part of the conversations, start typing. And uh, whenever Clover gets back, we'll get his input on stuff. But I can see that Seafires is out there or was out there earlier. Gear Report, I'm assuming that's Jeff, out there also. Millserv Duo. These are all people that were at Shot Show and that create content, have channels. I suppose you could say they're all going in different directions. But they all have uh, some similarities. Now, Slav Guns, I'm not so sure about if you're a content creator or what. And then Yeah, I off
1: a phone with Slav,
0: actually. Oh, okay. And then, uh, wait, snob or slob? Slob. Okay. And then we know gun snob. So was slob a Chacho?
1: Yeah. Did you see the dudes running around in the uh, like Russian mafia track suits?
0: Um, I take, I'll, I'm uh, take a, a back by that because I walk around in on Adidas shirts. So <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm talking about specifically in the media room, but yeah, they're easy. No. They're easy uh-huh. to uh, easy to spot. Now, picking out which one is slob, not necessarily true, but,
0: uh, yeah. Well, so, no, I don't have any idea who that is. But, um yeah, okay, <laughs> right. so they had people running around. So everybody here this morning was at SHOT Show. We don't have to talk about SHOT Show. It was just kind of treading water there, know how long Clover would be. But as far as tips, hacks, and shortcuts, I guess I think of those for I don't know if you heard me. I think of those as like the stuff I don't like doing, the, the boring stuff or the, the repetitive stuff. But other people, I'm sure, have tips and hacks and shortcuts maybe for the stuff I find fun or the stuff I look, you know, I'd right. rather spend time doing. But when you think of tip, hacks, and shortcuts for creating content, where does your mind go where are we where had heading? I also ask the people out there to, you know, type something in there and be part of the conversation.
1: Well, I don't necessarily think tools, right? I think that's another aspect of it. But I do think about little things that can mitigate—is that the word—the uh, time that you spend, maybe. So that's one aspect I think of a of a tip or a trick is—is is it gonna it's gonna save you time, right? Uh,
0: yeah. Ultimately, right, everything is either saving you time or saving you hassle, which creates time somewhere else, right? or freeze up time somewhere else. Like you don't have to spend time higher in this, if you can eliminate the problem in the first place. Yeah.
1: I think saving you time. And then, you know, maybe, you know, where you are talking about a firearm or a performance car or whatever, we hear the term tricked out a lot, right? Oh, that's tricked out, whatever it might be. Um, So, you know, that could be, you know, enhancements like it, it like helping the performance of, you know, with certain tricks. So certain little tricks that can help the performance of your channel, potentially. So I'm, so. I'm going to start
0: off, I guess, since we've got to start somewhere with um, SHOT Show again, since it's fresh on my mind and I just experienced it or whatever. But uh, the biggest, one of the bigger things that changed for me at SHOT Show was I've been using a, a phone that is, I guess, I don't know how old it is anymore, but it's old and it is uh, for reference uh what's it called Uh, android 6 new phones are android 13 i think and i was given phones old phones by people that weren't using their old phones anymore and those phones are android 10 or 11. so i went from android 6 up i don't know how many eras of actual phones that is into new not just new operating systems but i'm using that as an indication to show like how old my phones were so really it's the cameras and what the cameras could do And then like the processor the ram and the brain or whatever of those phone that just how fast it could work and my phone's been slow but it's an old phone going slow and since i'm only thinking backwards i'm only thinking about phones that couldn't do anything you know i'm thinking oh my phone's pretty good compared to nothing right it's pretty good so using these new ones these new tools uh blown away by just what all i thought stuff was uh, i knew how to accomplish some of the things i've experienced online let's say trends or ads or things that have been going on recently let's say and i knew how to accomplish that with like photoshop or adobe premiere or something but i didn't realize that like literally cameras like for example the thing where you have a you have somebody holding a banana and everything's black and white except for the banana is in color like i know how to do that i know how to make software accomplish that and it takes a couple of steps i might even know how to do it three different ways and know one way that's faster than all the other ways Started using a new phone. You flip over to one mode on the phone camera, not even a downloaded app, just a mode of the phone in the camera, in the phone, and uh, the camera in the phone. And uh, it has that option. You can just take pictures of stuff, and the one thing stays in color. So uh, just not even realizing uh, the tools, what the yeah. tools can do. And that's something that I just been cheap and was satisfied with what the tools were able to provide for me. And yeah. I didn't need more, so I hadn't upgraded, and it's an extra cost and all that, but whatever. I know a lot of people are getting into this with, you know, whatever the phone they've got in their pocket, and unless for some reason you're insistent on having an old phone, you're not going to experience this, but I guess what I'm getting at is tools, so you might be doing something similar with your video editor. Oh, I'm using this free one because it can do what I needed to get done, and then you use something for real, and you go, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this was a button away. Removing backgrounds, that's sort of a a task that was difficult years ago, and now is a push of a button on an app, let alone you figuring out how to do it in a software package. Now there's apps that can just do that, and some of them are free. So there's you know just the idea of using uh, current tech or paying attention to new things in spite of the fact that you don't need to, but just to experience what the new stuff can do. I think that's a tip, uh, not necessarily a hack or a shortcut, it can be a shortcut compared to the old tools, but I think it's a tip to, uh, I don't know, just experience something new, even if you don't switch to something new often, at least to figure out what the new stuff is doing. So, you know what you're missing.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah. I've been blown away at cameras and, you know, it's not just you know when you're talking about that. It's not even the even if you're talking about current models, right? Um, there can be differences from one brand to the next or whatever it might be uh, as well. So it's not just like newer generation um, tools or, or gadgets. You know, in this case, we were talking phones. Um, you know, one of the issues I remember having back in the day was you know using uh, was using uh, uh, the Galaxy 5S and I'm probably getting the numbers wrong but S5 and then ended up uh, acquiring some 4S or S4 or whatever iPhones and I noticed that the cameras on the iPhones even though they were around the same time frame, same generation the two phones, Samsung and, and Apple the Apple handled lighting situations a lot better. The automatic, you know, lighting feature, whatever that tweaks to the, the camera for low light and whatnot, uh, worked leaps and bounds better than the uh, Samsung did at the time. So, um, you know, just learning little things like that, I think since we're on the topic of cameras, I think one thing, uh, tips and tricks is... You know settings on your camera, regardless of what that is, whether that is a a phone or a point and shoot or a you know DSLR, whatever you you might maybe you're using some kind of the handy cam camcorder things. Um, you know, oftentimes there are lighting, you know, customizable lighting settings. Uh, there's you know all, you've got apertures and shutter speeds and you've got all kinds of crazy photography. Uh, settings in there as well but having a general understanding i think of what all of those do right can help you i don't know if i know i have went out and filmed before and thought man the video just doesn't look right what is going on here right and you know where you're talking about filming outside so whether it's overcast whether it's a bright sunny day or you're standing with the sun at a 45 coming in on you or it's behind you or it's in front of you or whatever the case may be, right, that lighting be different. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just as easy as recognizing, oh, I know where the sun's at or I know where my light source is right on me, uh, specifically outdoors, but it could be indoors. And, you know, beforehand, oh, well, if I go in and I change this setting on my phone, right, or my camera, then that will compensate for, that little anomaly that's gonna show up if I just try to film in that automatic mode.
0: Uh, Let's see, we're 13 minutes in and I don't wanna make it all about phones. So I'm gonna try to intentionally, even though there's probably a lot of stuff we can keep going in that direction, right? I'm gonna pull it back to the middle and we've got some questions. Yeah, Got some good tips out there already. So she fires, said, I've been working on working the remix feature to help create shorts from my long videos. It's been working great for me. So remix feature to create shorts. We're talking YouTube then. And what's the remix feature? Is that a phone app thing or what are we talking?
1: I've never used remix. So,
0: Okay. So feature makes me think. (sighs) It's a uh, YouTube thing, not a plugin or a third party, right?
1: You know, I don't think so. A, a remix is remix is a software. I think it seems like I've heard of it before. I just hit the button underneath the video that says "Create a Short."
0: So you're looking at your own video, and then it'll say um, "Create" or something, right? And then you get "Short" and something mm-hmm. else as an option. That's what I've been using to pull a short from a video, because that's their new, I don't know, procedure of interface. But there are other ways to create shorts. Like you can hit the little plus sign on the phone app, and then it'll say, "What do you want to do?" And you can create a short. And I think there's more than one way to do that. Like I don't, I haven't explored all of those different ways. And that might be something in there where there's a, an element to YouTube that can, because it makes sense to be able to go back and sample pieces. Like YouTube is smart enough to know when somebody watches your video to keep that data. They don't just go, oh, somebody watched your video and then go mind their business, something else. They pay attention to every moment that that person's watching your video. And on a lot of videos, I think all videos maybe, there's a little timeline slider at the bottom and you can look at that slider and it'll tell you visually like an indicator of how many people have watched this portion, like what's the most popular portion of the video, what gets watched over and over the most. So if YouTube knows that, And it says, these are all your videos. And it can go, these are all the parts that are watched most often. It makes sense that it would say, why don't we encourage the people to take all their most seen clips and put them together in a montage or slideshow, right? Right, yeah. But a third-party app could do the same exact thing because that's all just data. So that's a question. We'll see if she answered that one or responded to that.
1: Yeah, her uh, She Fires and the Snob both
0: are talking about the... uh... There we go. The YouTube remix feature is available through the studio and while you're watching your long video if you hit the remix option underneath it'll allow you to shorten. So right on. So the studio, that's an important tool. There's YouTube the app and then there's probably other ones there used to be one called YouTube Gaming that was a very powerful tool but now there's YouTube Studio which is a separate app on your phone. You got your YouTube app to watch videos and you can get into your own account through the YouTube app and it's kind of a phone version of the desktop interface with YouTube, but the YouTube studio, if you, you know what I'm talking about, YouTube studio, the app.
1: Yeah. It's, it's sort of like your,
0: um, control panel. Except
1: yeah. It's sort of like the studio for desktop. It's not quite as
0: it's different. It's, it's more powerful in some ways and it's less powerful in other ways. But in this case, there's a feature in studio. It sounds like, right.
1: I don't assuming
0: that she means the studio and not the studio portion of the main YouTube app. Cause often the, the features are in both places. It's just the YouTube studio app makes them a little easier to access or, you know, makes all the tools a little more easier to use. Right. But what's also cool about the studio. If you have multiple YouTube accounts is sign into all your YouTube accounts and just flip between them in the studio. So now if you want to monitor your analytics, no problem, just flip back and forth between all your channels. You want to monitor comments, same thing, no problem. You want to monitor uh something else that it can do you know you just flip back and forth between them it's pretty handy i got told about that years ago at shot mm-hmm. uh let's see and then it's not the same, same thing it's built into youtube he's used it library saying I, my wife and i are going to japan and the phone cameras are so good now we decided not even to buy a fancy camera right so but that's an interesting one. It's not really a tip hack or shortcut, but it is an interesting thing to ponder. If we continue to do these on like topic of the week type of things, I'm sure we'll do one on cameras because we've both got interest and awareness or like experience with cameras. So could we could do whole channels probably on it. But um I mean, at first I go, oh, yeah, I understand. And I've been using a camera or a phone almost exclusively. And I just got done saying about how great the new cameras are. But as soon as I say that, it makes me think what's going on with regular cameras. They still exist. What do they offer that a phone can't? And am I just crazy? Or is there still reasons to have maybe even just a point and shoot, just something that's separate? I think for the geocaching and like privacy issue. I like, I like the concept of the idea of having a point and shoot, uh, essentially like a small capable camera that doesn't need a whole bunch of extra accessories that can both be kind of a point and shoot and a, a zoom if you need it to, but it's not going to be perfect, but it can be kind of rugged and medium expensive and offer really good pictures, but essentially be separate from your phone completely. So if anything, it's only gonna get some kind of general geotag and not like a phone picture, which is essentially putting your life story on every picture you take. But I mean got- overly cautious or is there other issues there?
1: Yeah, I mean you've got with a with a dedicated camera, I mean you've got the the option of camera specific accessories. So you're talking about macro, you know, lenses, you talking about telephoto zooms, you're talking about you know, uh, and that's all applicational, right? I mean, if you're not if you're not bird watching at hundreds of yards of distance or something, then I mean, what difference does it make if you can zoom that far? You know what I mean?
0: If it's more oh, well, that or... actually comes into play. Like, imagine I think the best example of this is if you wanted to get a a moonrise, a really cool moonrise picture, and let's say you've got a person standing on a street with buildings on both sides of the street, or maybe standing on a path with trees on both sides of the path. And the moon is going to be rising right between that path or those buildings or those trees or whatever. And you can see an epic picture happening. Well, if you stand right next to that person, the moon is going to look like a little tiny white dot in a black screen behind them. But if you walk way down the street, like a block away, and you zoom in on that person and you have a capable optic that can zoom in on that person and look clear, the I don't know what the optics involved are, but the physics of it is the moon will explode behind them, be massive and look just like in a, you know, like a drawn image. You can you can use a zoom for that type of thing. Like if you want to get a bird. Yeah, you're going to zoom in on the bird, but you're really thinking about that focal stuff. So it can be a super powerful tool. But again, that's a specific thing that if you're unless you're an artist or you're somebody really trying to use the tool creatively. You're right. If you're just trying to zoom in on the bird to see the bird, a phone can do that. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I just
0: said too. It's just that that's why yeah. a long, long
1: well, um, lens can be f- Newer phones, the cameras on them have gotten better. You know, I will say that. But yeah, when you're talking about the, like, the, the, exposure times and stuff like that that's where you get the light so like you know, if you're taking a picture of the moon it's going to wash out the stars around it or buildings on either side a lot of times or trees right it's going to wash that out because there's so much light coming from the moon Um, and so uh, you're able to adjust the settings on a camera a little better for that so um, I'll tell you another thing that phones I have found aren't super great for is really close up shots like it is really tough for me, or maybe I just haven't figured it out. But um, every now and then I get a pretty good shot if I'm like trying to take a a picture, uh, a really close up picture of you know some engraving on a on a firearm, let's say. And I'm talking about get the edges of the engraving, you know what I mean? I mean super close up, not just kind uh, of showing the snapshot
0: versus like a real archival photograph.
1: Yeah, like it's 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 uh. It's tough to get, you know, and that's called macro, right? When you're getting down really small, um, and so it's it's I don't know, it's it's tough to get the focal point, like you were talking about. It's tough to get that right. Like you can get the picture a lot of times, but it's really not in focus as well as it could be if you had, you know, uh, some a regular camera with some manual adjustments. And we jumped off on cameras, I and mean, we weren't kind of yeah. but it happens
0: i guess yeah um so thanks for the tip on the remix feature though and it is always a good idea i think to take your long form videos at whatever length they happen to be and grab shorts out of them so you know if you're in a situation where you've got a few minutes and you could be strolling through the feed on some other platform consider jumping over to youtube jumping over to your own channel just I, what I do, and I don't know, this probably isn't the best strategy, but it works for me if I just want to get it done, is I'll just open videos randomly, pick a point in the video randomly. Sometimes I scroll until I find a, a good-looking centered picture of something and then take 10 seconds of it, write something on there. Can you believe it? Like, who would have known? Or, you know, just some dumb question or something. And then upload it. And I don't upload them all right at the moment. I schedule them. So schedule every wednesday if i can sit there for 15 minutes and i can get seven scheduled the next seven thursdays there's going to be some weird random short going up now like i say i don't think in in the grand scheme of things i don't think people are going to shorts and going oh you know what i'm doing i'm going to roll up my sleeves and i'm going to look at youtube shorts today really going to study them i'm really going to decide what channels i like based on i'm going to sit down with some session of youtube shorts instead i think people are minding their business and they just end up getting caught in that feed and they're looking at things and you know the next interesting thing the next interesting thing some of them are subscribing to channels but for the most part they're just being seen yep right so i think you can put about anything up there i don't think i need to i don't put a lot of attention into my shorts they're really just sort of like hooks going out or a net being cast uh i figure if i catch a couple of people great but really they're just analytics machines for me so what do you think is that a crazy to to is a strategy or do you think you should? No it?
1: there needs to be strategy to shorts for sure. I mean it needs to be able especially if you're a long form channel and if you're a shorts channel, that's something totally different. But if you you know if you're a long form channel, you know your shorts need to align and, and tie back in with your your existing content. Um, because even then, even when you do that, shorts are tough. I've heard UG Express talk about Instagram in this way like Instagram is a river and shorts is the same way you, and you kind of almost went to that analogy where with, with, you don't go to the, um, you know, shorts is not like going to the lake and sitting down at a picnic table on the side of the lake, you know, and throwing your hook in the water in a specific spot, or you like that specific spot for the particular scenery or whatever. Shorts is like, I've got an inner tube. You know, I'm going to hop in the river here and I'm going to see all kinds of crap downstream along the way as it as the flow takes me. Right. And so that's kind of the short speed. It's just going to pull you along, you know, seeing all kinds of different things. So totally different experience.
0: But you're saying it's more like you want to put the enticing Apple or the interesting title or something that gets people hooked so they have a reason to well, stop your short click on it or something.
1: Yeah, the the, the subscribe button and all's gonna be there. So I think is there something in your shorts that can momentarily short circuit that feed, right? For that viewer to go, oh wow, that's interesting, and they hit the subscribe. Just out of like, I liked that. I'm going to hit the subscribe. So maybe they show me more. Maybe there's more right. of this content, you know, but you've got to do something in that short, create some kind of a moment for, for to short circuit long enough to be able to do that.
0: See, that's the thing. I think that's the element you're making your shorts for the human att- assuming that some human out there is going to see this. And if you, you know, do the right thing, the human will react away. And I can understand that hundred percent I'm using, I'm thinking of the shorts, feature of YouTube as more of a using the platform in a way that the robots, the logarithm will say, this person's using the entire system. So realizing that shorts are a kind of a fickle, kind of a frustrating uh, element to anticipate or to be strategic about, I'm thinking of my shorts as more of, I just want to use the shorts aspect of YouTube so that YouTube thinks my account is in, you know, using all the features. And realizing that most people are just gonna brush past the short, and I'm not gain, I'm not looking to gain anything from the analytics of people stopping on my short. So I don't think of it as a human. I figure there's kind of the net aspect. If if randomly I find something that happens to be interesting, somebody might click it. But I guess from my experience, when I have specifically put things that I thought were interesting, you know, hand picked a part of a video that I thought was cool, my results of that is about it feels random. Like I'll put up something I think is super interesting or super important. And the short gets hundred views. And then I put up a short accidentally of something or of just a joke or like somebody laughing or the dog snorting or something. And then it'll get thousands and thousands and it just makes no sense. It's almost random. So that's why I guess I kind of default to the, to that. So just to appeasing so, the system versus finding the people. Yeah.
1: So I want to back up a minute. And uh, sort of apologize because I, I do use the remix, um, specifically the remix. But for whatever reason, it was throwing me off that name Remix. I was like, what are we talking about? But I just went and looked in the mobile app. and I'm like, yeah, I use that all the time. I just, just
0: didn't realize it's called Remix.
1: I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. The, the name Remix was throwing me off. I thought it was like Share or something or, or Clip or something. I couldn't remember. But yeah, yeah, great tool.
0: Yeah, and the best part is that, like Chief Fires is saying, it goes right back to your real video. So the people that do go, oh, what is this? I need to know more. Like, you're not just sending them off to nowhere. You've got the actual real video it came from. So we're talking about shorts. Snob says, in my opinion, shorts are becoming more important for each type of channel to do. There's such a huge amount of people that don't really watch long form, but like that TikTok style. So I don't know, disagree at all. What's your opinion on that? But then so against- what? Go ahead. yeah
1: what aggravates me about shorts and I have this uh, at, uh, at nauseam with shot show but I had a lot of shorts and I've got sh- uh, shot show videos post uh, you know post shot we've got some long form stuff out there right So obviously I did not have long form video to chop that from during shot show right those were dedicated shorts just real quick snippets of the product whatever um what aggravates me with shorts is the amount of people you get wanting more info but they're wanting more info in a shorts and it's like i can't give you this in a shorts you need to go watch the full freaking video but other than putting it in a card there's no way to tie that into the full video so there there's a disconnect that goes on um with shorts sometimes where if you do have those people that or you know willing to convert they want to know you know or might be willing to convert they want to know more like you know i don't know i mean is there could there be a feature eventually added that that can do kind of what she is talking about with remix that that points it back across where you can without having to do a card you could tell it to point across to something else i don't know but um uh, there's definitely a disconnect in that sense that really aggravates me they're like what about this with that and this and this and that? And I'm trying to answer questions, but like, it's like, I've got a long video that explains all of that. Like, can, you can't click the card and go there. And, and that part of shorts, dedicated shorts gets aggravating.
0: Just so that it doesn't turn into shorts. Cause there's, again, we could have a whole show on shorts. I'm sure. Um, I'm going to go back to one of the questions from earlier. Slav Gun said, here's my tip spend an hour or two planning out scripting out your videos before recording yep. that will save you multiples more after you recorded it and are editing it. So in other words, spend an hour or two planning out your video before you even grab the camera so that you've, uh, spend less time doing multiple takes or coming up with stuff mid thing and have to refilm anything, something anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll save you time editing. Yep. Uh, it can
1: also can also help you with policy compliance, something that we talked about last night, because uh, you, you would be thinking about those types of things. Um, can also help you to determine. Uh, she fires alluded to to it earlier. Can help you to determine what your thumbnail might want to look like. It can help you determine what type of call to action, calls to action you want to put in that video. Um, it can help you with a lot of different aspects. You know, what type of B-roll, what type of images maybe do you need to go take? What type of pictures do you need to make sure you take, um, you know, to support that content? Um, I would say, you know, Slob out there is being generous, saying spend an hour or two. Um, I spend hours, if not days, and I don't do it like writing stuff out, you know, whatever, that that type of thing. But I definitely spend, you know, hours upon hours, if not days, thinking about the video concept. That's what I call it. Thinking about the video concept or concepts and elements in that video and what do I need to stay away from from a policy standard? How do I need to phrase things from a policy standard? What do I need to be make sure that I get across as far as information for the viewer what elements do i want to add that's fun right i'm thinking about all of these different things for sometimes days and days and even weeks there's sometimes there's videos that it's weeks or months before i finally get around to doing that kind of video and i just wanted to do it because it was fun or something you know i really had no uh motive like i need to get this out for a company or this product's going to release it's like i just want to do this because it would be fun to get out and make this video right And I still think about those for an extended period of time, even though I don't necessarily, you know, sit down at a at a board or a piece of paper on the computer and and type stuff or write stuff out to plan it. I don't
0: know. I I was writing a a poll so on our channel, we got this going on the YouTube GunTuber Academy channel as well as the Gun Websites channel. So, on the Gun Websites channel, and on which channel you're watching, you can flip over or whatever. But we've got a, a poll going now. Should we keep doing a weekly content creator show? The responses are yes. Tuesday morning is the best. Yes, but a different day uh, or a different uh, time of day is better or a.m. is good, but on a different day or whatever. So, give us some comments over there. As far as planning out and scripting out stuff, I guess if someone's going to be listening to a show like this, that's talking about creating content in a series where we're talking about or talking to creators about creating, I guess people are willing to spend some time. Then there's people that pride themselves in spontaneous, whatever it's called, or spontaneity or whatever, and can't, right? This is too close to scripting. This is too close. Maybe they do everything live. Right. I've dabbled in doing pretty much everything live for a while. Um, so how do you incorporate it if you don't have that mindset of like this is a project and there's a beginning, a middle, a prep uh a, 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 what's it called? Like the part of doing it and then the, the wrap up, you know, if you don't think of your projects as multifaceted or stage like this and, you, and you're just adding another stage to it. You could come up with systems and stuff, ways of evaluating what you've done and then I mean essentially the same thing, but just coming up with a system that maybe isn't planning it out or scripting it, but just being aware that you know, if you do this, then it turns into chaos, or if you do this, it goes off topic real fast. So just here's some some strategies or here's some some guidelines to I guess kind of like what we were talking about last night, you know, if you choose the monetary or excuse me, the um the, uh, what was the second one called? The something guidance. The, uh, wasn't the monetary guidelines. It's the other one. The yeah, advertiser yeah. friendly guidelines oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you use those guidelines then you're essentially steering yourself through the middle of the channel. Like you're not going to have too many problems if you use those as phones. Right. In That's the, path the minimum, or
1: minimum speed limit or whatever, yeah. basically.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like the lines on the road. You stay within the lines, you don't got to worry about too much. Every once in a while, there's a boulder to mess with you. But, you know, if you stay within the lines, you're not going to worry about falling off the shoulder. So sure. maybe that's something that even if you don't plan out your videos and stuff, uh, you can just come up with some systems. And that, I mean, essentially, it's kind of the same thing, planning out, but you can plan things out the way you do them. So I'm just kind of thinking about that. I don't, even when I'm doing a video, I hardly plan it out. And I don't know if that's a habit or if it's um, some kind of preference I have. You know, I don't know if it's just something I've never done or if it's something I don't want to do. Does that make sense? So the next one from SheFires is scripting for sure. And also have an idea of your thumbnail before recording. YouTube tips channels suggest this often. Um Oh, YouTube channels. Okay, I was thinking maybe she was watching an actual tip thing from YouTube. So that's a couple of things in this one. How do you want to address this one? There's a couple of different things in this one. Oh, snap, Clover doesn't even care about thumbnails. Or maybe he's just muted.
1: Yeah, of course I'm muted. I don't know how to find the mute button. Um, yeah, we talked about scripting. Yeah, 100%. I mean, at least the idea. Like I said, I view scripting is just giving thought to and thinking about your video in some kind of detail. Um, also having an idea of your thumb before recording. Yeah, you, you need to have a, an idea of your thumbnail before you ever press record. Like, your idea of your thumbnail needs to be based off the video concept, right? And then, as you do the video, maybe something goofy happens, maybe something interesting happens, something like that. They can tweak that thumbnail design a little bit. Um, but I think what but where most people get in trouble with a thumbnail is they severely underthink it or they severely overthink it. Like some people can design a thumbnail absolutely to death and it's a beautiful thumbnail, but at the end of the day, does it really resonate? Does it really yeehaw with the context of the of the video? Does it really entice? You know that sort of thing. Um, and then you've got the people that just pull a, a particular screenshot and Of the two, the screenshot, the simple screenshot, we see this all the time. We see channels with huge views, huge numbers, and they just have screenshots. And you're like, how the crap do they do that? We know thumbnails are a a major part of the game. Well, because they've chosen a, a good strategic screenshot a lot of times. And so that strategic, interesting screenshot can often overpower the really polished, nice thumbnail. So uh definitely need to be uh, uh definitely need to be thinking about that thumbnail and and i know people that have creators let me back up i don't know people but i know creators i know creators that have literally filmed a video around a thumbnail concept like they had a concept for a thumbnail i want to play i want this thumbnail out there i want to see what this thumbnail does this specifically the picture the whatever story it's telling in that thumbnail and then they built the video around it and filmed everything um so that's a thing too but thumbnails super important um but again think, give them time think about that before your video but you know and during your video uh, but, and, and also make multiple versions of your thumbnail. That's another thing I would say about thumbnails. Um, don't just do one version and go, oh, that's beautiful, and then upload it, right? Um, spend a little bit of time on the thumbnail to that first version, and in the first version may be the one you end up going with. But do the first version, and then turn around and tweak things. Tweak the hue, tweak the, you know, background image, tweak the shadows, tweak different things and picture elements, to maybe... You know, you use emojis. Maybe you tweak on the text. Does it have a background? Does it not? You know, just some different, it doesn't have to be major changes to the thumbnail. But tweak on it two or three times. Uh, Once you got something, just like, oh, that looks good. Continue to tweak on it a couple times uh, and just see if something else jumps out and they go, ooh, I didn't know. It's kind of like G-Webs was talking about earlier with phones and tech. If you don't try stuff, you don't know, right? And so tweak colors, tweak different some different little things just to see if it, you know, gets any better. And if it doesn't, back it off and, and go with your first choice and be done with it.
0: So, uh, the scripting, you know, that's, uh, we will talk about that one. So then having the idea of your thumbnail before recording, and then you, I'm not going to disagree with your uh, points on the thumbnail. I'm just going to throw out a different angle on it or whatever in that, a couple of, I guess. So the thumbnails that everything you described there is when your thumbnail is out fighting for your channel amongst, um, uh, Correct. other channels in the, perplex, in, the, yeah. in the sea of thumbnails yep. to some extent, it's also sort of like the, um, how do they say first impression that a channel is going to offer. So if someone is discovering your channel, and it's a sloppy or a poor thumbnail, an unthought-out thumbnail, there's something to be said for all that. But again, that's I'm trying to say that's that angle. But then you've got people playing the game a different way. So now you're playing the game a different way, and you want your channel to look sharp. You want your channel to look like, I don't know, this happens on Monday, this happens on Tuesday. I played that for a little bit using my colors of my background and my thumbnails to indicate what day of the week it was. And then some similarities. So, you know, there's there's something to be said for if you want your channel to look cool when somebody's at your channel and clicking on your video page. Because you can determine that. You can have some fun with that. On Instagram, you can think of your feed as individual items. Or you can look at your Instagram channel on a phone and realize that you've got a three by whatever, on three by infinite bitmap. And there's people that play with those images that they install just like you would a Tetris game or some sort of a light bright kit or something and they play with their their channel in different ways so I just wanted to throw that out there that the thumbnails everything Clover t- is talking about applies but you can play a game differently and you could probably yeah, totally. figure out a way to play the game where it still works on both aspects but you're building something on your side within a parameter that works for the bigger picture and then the whole idea of being able to change them out and the whole idea of like People are, uh, I don't know, depending on the topic, if it's news of the day, people are interested in that news of the day today. But six months from now, are they interested in that news of the day? Probably not. Ah. I could probably switch the thumbnail to something else and have yeah. like your archival thumbnails make your channel look cool. So, but then your current thumbnails compete.
1: Yep. So valid point. You just, you just made me think of when you're talking about going back and changing some things. So let's say that you've got an older video that that continually performs continually brings in views you know subscribers whatever the case may be i think it behooves a creator to update the thumbnail on that video and a pretty pretty regular clip to keep that the thumbnail of that video consistent with your current thumbnail designs right if you have a certain kind of design or theme or motif right that you use for your thumbnail and we all play with that. We all evolve and you're like, oh, I want to add this element or I want to do it this way with a certain background color or a different thing, right? Keep in mind those those great performing legacy videos, go back and tweak those to a thumbnail design that is more similar to the current one you're using. Here's why. Here's why. So somebody hits that legacy video, right? It's got power on YouTube, right? It's made it for years. It's crushing the algorithm, be it the search or whatever, the suggested algorithm, whatever it might be. It's getting you traffic. People are coming in, right? We know that YouTube is a viewer preference-based serving system as far as videos right so they click your video they enjoy it they like it they watch it maybe they comment right youtube goes hey this viewer likes this creators videos sweet you know and then the next time that viewer logs in youtube throws one of your more current videos up on the screen right A thumbnail having that design be consistent with the thumbnail they clicked previously On the older video could be an enticing factor for that person to put two and two together and go, oh, I remember this video. Hey, here's one from the same content creator. Because very seldom do people take a look at the age, right? So they go, you know, it's not like they're watching that video, the older one, and going, oh, this video is from three years ago. You know, they're not doing that. Let
0: me stop watching this short, see when it was made, and determine if I'm going to keep watching the 30-second video.
1: Right. And it's so, you know, when they do that and they watch it and then one of your new thumbnails pops up, right, they may not be able to recognize because of the, the difference. It's such a vast difference between that old thumbnail. it was three years one. ago
0: and you didn't care yeah. about thumbnails or your channel right. had a different branding or Whatever something. Whatever
1: it might be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, can you put a just, just stamp or a sprite in the YouTube shorts thing so that when you're creating your shorts from old videos, you can throw your current logo on it like a stamp is that a thing or is there an app that does that maybe you know what i'm saying though like to add a watermark essentially to like you can you can usually write something on there is there a way to create like an icon that's your icon your title or your i don't
1: i don't i don't know of anything um short no pun intended of setting up your your watermarks in studio
0: I don't I mean know of anything It's but, gonna put your watermark, your current watermark yeah. on the short, no matter what, anyway. So but I don't play little... with,
1: but I don't play with shorts nearly enough. Um, I will say this: where all the text and the like and the thumbs up and the thumbs down and all the different things are at the bottom. If you start putting watermarks and things at the bottom of a short, um, it, it, a lot of that gets hidden behind all of that anyway. So be mindful of your screen real estate on shorts too. I would say that about shorts.
0: So that all started from She Fire's uh, kind of multi comment there scripting for sure. Also have an idea of your thumbnail before recording. YouTube tips channels often suggest this. So having the idea of your thumbnail before recording now, this is everybody's talking about that in the last couple of comments there are like strategies for that or forgetting to do that. Um, I've just been flashing those comments up on the screen. So Uh, I mean, one of the funnest things about using a phone, I guess a regular video camera could do this too, but the phones are just better cameras than any video camera I ever had. You can take stills while you're filming. So if you watch one of my videos, you might be like, well, this is weird how he's just sitting here for a minute, wiggling the camera around, looking at this item for a very long time. And that's because I'm poking around at my camera, trying to take like six stills of the thing from whatever angle get the lighting and everything so that's why my videos are weird because I'll just in the middle of it I just forget you know I don't care that I'm filming or I'm videoing and I'll take like six stills in the center and one of those stills is either I don't really think of it as thumbnails as much as I'm from the olden days so I think of it as the the main picture for the blog you know I guess it's the same thing as a thumbnail but like the first image in the in the post I'm gonna yeah. want a good image. Yeah. And uh, so as I'm filming, I'll usually think about, you know, if it's a shot show or something, how I can go down so that I'm seeing the table underneath of it as as opposed to standing next to it and filming towards it, where you're going to get all the clutter of the background and people and, you know, all kinds of camouflage effectively. So you have to scrutinize the image to see the the thing on a tripod or the, you know, the belt coming up into the thing. So, you know, I'll try to isolate as much as possible. Um, But as far as uh, that's my strategy for thumbnails, but as far as There's, the idea of coming up with a thumbnail before you're recording, I suspect you probably do more of that tendency to do more of that than I do.
1: Yeah. And it, 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 it totally depends on the channel and their particular strategy, but, hey, you know, I was going to point out something since we're talking about that. I know of a channel that's a rarely, fairly large channel that does food reviews and this fool, and I just say fool because he's kind of a character, this fool literally in the middle of his video will stop his food review to go, Oh, I think this might be a really good thumbnail opportunity. And he will literally take pictures. Like why? And he doesn't edit that out of the video. Like that's part of the process.
0: Yeah. I'll do that. And
1: like every video you watch of his, there's multiple times where he's like, Oh, that might make a good thumbnail. Let's take a picture of that or whatever. It's like, it's weird but it works for whatever well, reason with his i style dig of it his channel.
0: i'm not trying to hide that kind of stuff and then if nothing else that lets people kind of see the tra- it's transparency they can see that like we're just regular people and thumbnails don't get deemed to us by some special event or something you know like youtube doesn't hand us the thumbnails we got to be aware of that stuff so just lets people kind of see that Hey, we're thinking about a couple of different things while we're filming this and it's that easy you can do it too uh and then the last part was uh youtube channel youtube tips channels suggest this often and i have i mean i think a lot of people think of youtube as a how-to guide and i've been using youtube and the internet long enough that and i understand that nothing is permanent nothing is perfect for a long time and people come and go so i don't go i don't have go-to channels where i'm like oh i need to learn something i'm going to that channel and learn how they tell me how to learn it like I, i need to learn something i go online and start from scratch how do i learn this and often i'll say like show me videos that are a month old or show me videos that are within the last year kind of depending on what i'm talking about mainly because if i'm talking about software i don't want to learn how to do something three software versions ago. I want to learn how to do it with the version that's current, right? So I think of YouTube and the internet in general as a giant how-to guide or a DIY instruction manual. Right. As far as YouTube channels and thinking of your YouTube channel either as a business or as a creative effort or as just thinking about the different facets or aspects of it, that you, know, you can do more than just post. You can post strategically, you can post and earn, you can post and, and get re- feedback or monetary re- feedback you know, or return. Like there's things that you can get out of a channel that are more than just the satisfaction of doing it. And you know everybody's at their own place and their own ambition with that and their own place in the path. But uh, as far as the channels that focus on YouTube channels, I don't know i'm, a, I'm a somewhere in the middle of being really interested in those but then i think of i like to con- keep clarifying that we're content creator channels because i'm just as interested in instagram as youtube and i'm also somewhat interested in the other platforms that are out there right and so i don't want to get so nerdy into youtube that it's the only thing i care about because it's not the only thing i care about so i'm curious with that Preface. I'm gonna let go Clover rant on this a bit, but then everybody who's out there today that's been a, that's part of this, you know, you're all content creators. What do you what's your opinions on the channels that up train or skill build or develop your YouTube skills? That's the first question. I'm gonna ghost you because I'm gonna give you a second question. Uh what are your favorite channels? Like what's your opinion of those channels? And do you have favorite channels? And then okay, I'll let Clover so- rant on this.
1: Okay. I thought you were I thought I was the one gonna ran on that but no, no, so, yeah, go, go. yeah I know a lot of them um, would call a lot of them friends um, and have since uh, essentially 2017 um, you know when I decided that I was gonna get a little more serious about knowing the platform where do you go well you start hitting things up uh, some of those channels that are hundreds of thousands of subscribers now I knew them when they were ten twelve thousand fifteen thousand subscribers Um. I will be very cautionary. Uh, is or I would tell people to be cautious. A lot of them offer tips and tricks and, and schools and uh, consultations that are very high dollar. Uh, you know, five hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks, three thousand bucks for some of their their stuff. Um, and I'm sure in their mind, and I'm sure for some creators, it's absolutely worth that amount of money. Um, to bring them on board to learn from them. Um, where I would say you need to be cautious is that I found that the vast majority, if not every single one of them, are oblivious to addressing nuances. Um, and in particular, the nuances that we face as gun tubers, right? Uh, so keep that in mind if you're if you're willing to drop, you know, big amounts of money to have one of the the large gurus, uh, you know, maybe help you uh, learn on the business side, you know, learn your channel, you know, try to grow, right? And try to break out Um, because they, they think that they are awesome and they're doing great work. And that's because the vast majority of creators they help are not nuanced to death, policy to death, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And so their tips and tactics While general, uh, work pretty well for those particular creators. Um, but a lot of the things that they push, they talk about and they say we either can't do, or we have to do in a much different way. Right. Uh, and they don't explain that, especially on the free side of their channel, uh, in a, uh, in a specific enough way for, uh, for us. And when I say us, I mean gun tubers, but also any niche that's, you know, that is, that has, that deals with a lot of nuance, um, Anyway, that being said, uh, Roberto Blake, as far as favorite, um, is about as real as you can be. I mean, he doesn't mince words most of the time. Um, He tends to cover a lot of different things from the entrepreneurial side to the creator side to podcasting to brand deals to whatever it might be. Um, The other ones that you get uh, start getting into. Uh, they are super YouTube centric. And so that's one of the things I like about Roberto. I would put him at the top of the list. Roberto Blake is that he's definitely keeps it real. He doesn't mind telling you what he thinks. Um, and he, he kind of covers a little bit of a variety of things as far as being a creator in general, not just a YouTuber. Um, you know, I think next up, I think, uh, uh Sean Cannell and the think media team, um, uh, you know, I think they do a good job at a lot of things on the side, especially of tech and of lighting. Like, Roberto's going to help you with more behind the scenes and the thought of creating. Um, Sean Candle and the Think Media team, uh, you know, camera ideas, lighting ideas, that sort of thing. Um, next up, I would say, you know, the vid IQs. If you're looking for little short, sweet tidbits, Uh, be it policy, you know, updates, uh, tweaks that's been recognized by the algorithm, elements of a video that seem to be working, you know, how to, you know, how to do little bitty things. Uh, The vidIQ channel, Rob and and, uh, Dan and the guys over at the vidIQ channel, uh, vidIQ also a plug-in, a tool that can help you with a lot of different things. But uh, their channel in particular, I think, is very helpful. So I would throw those, those three. I mean, there's many, 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 many more from Nick Nevin to um, uh, Channel Makers with Nate over there and, you know, just a bunch of different ones. But uh, I think those three, I mean, I'll put put those three at the top of my list.
0: Right, well that worked out pretty good i just got back so um let's <clears throat> see what people are putting in here goes is saying most of the experts are good for beginners but few are good for creators that have been doing it for a while well i think that's in any kind of instruction right like yeah. you're gonna have to either when you're an instructor or a coach or a consultant you're gonna have to either offer a perspective of the playing field and then there you go now you know more because now you have an idea of the boundaries and what's involved and who the other players are you know there's your experience you know your insight to the to the realm and then you've got ones that are going to go a different approach and they're going to say here's things to do like here's here's strategies here's suggestions right here's here's plays you know assuming you know the playing field we're going to stop talking about that. Now here's what you can do. Here's what your opponents are doing. Here's what you have the options of, right? And they're going to coach you that way. So, um like a guitar or art teacher, you know, giving you, here's a paintbrush, you know, here's some things that can be done. Maybe here's how they did it, right? But they can't hold the paintbrush and paint for you. So, I think that uh you know, depending on what you're looking for out of it, um Experts can be useful at any time because then you can have creative issues or you can have blocks or stumbles and uh, people that have the, whatever, experts slash coaching people with some insight can give you options, alternatives, right, insight, uh, inspiration at times. So, yeah. And some of them, I think, I don't know, I was trying to hear and as you were describing, kind of describing the players that you uh, value or that you find of value. Um, their agenda or their goal is uh, transparent and valid. Some of them, it's not transparent and you don't know what their goal or their agenda is. And in that case, I'd be skeptical of some of their tactics or their suggestions and stuff i'm thinking about a lot of different people out there so might be kind of being vague here
1: yeah some of these it worries me with the amount of money they make people and you know creators keep saying people creators that are in their programs you know these people are making millions of dollars a year out of their programs gross of course they've got cost and everything else but they're making millions of dollars a year in their programs and you know i've been privy to tried said programs and got absolutely zero or pretty darn close to it out of those and so but you got to figure if they're, if they're doing that I mean they, they've got to be somewhat successful for some people some creators I keep saying people um, or there is just so many younger smaller naive not really members of their own niche community that they're kind of paying these creators are, they're paying to be a part of some type of community wrapped around inside the programs that some of these gurus offer. I mean, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Um, for us, I mean, it's evident by all the ones out there. I think everybody we have out there in the chat today is a creator, right? So it's evident that we've got a much more close knit uh, with this niche than most. Uh, you know most other channels uh, do as far as as far as the community as far as our all of our creators at the end of the day whether we like each other and agree with each other all of the time or not because we're not going to um, you know realizing that we're colleagues and we can discuss these things and and uh, have our strategy sessions and and hopefully help each other in the process. What we talk about here on the panel uh, and then in combination with a lot of the good stuff and tips and things that's already been thrown out there in the chat this morning uh, are great. I mean, beneficial for a lot of different uh, creators.
0: Yeah. When you, as you're saying that I'm thinking, and everybody's got their own goals, right? Some people are just looking to, have fun oh, yeah. some people are yeah. looking to grow some people are looking to see what's possible some people are looking to make a buck right yep. and some people are right. and i guess everybody's got some combo of those cups right like and and that's where i think you know what are we together we're together in topic and because of our topic we're kind of like what the conversation was yesterday we're put into a couple of places on youtube that can be fragile or frustrating or change and that kind of thing. But um, so we're kind of unlike, I don't know, something like cars, much more general thing that isn't really under attack very often or isn't being marginalized by chunks of things politically or whatever. There's less reason for car people to, automotive people, vehicle people to get together other than common interest or some shared issue. You know what I mean? Like there's, we've got something in common that we're all kind of persecuted because of what we're adjacent to or what we focus on. And we're also interested in well, we're a bunch of people that are collaborative as opposed to, uh, I mean, we wouldn't attract people that are not interested in sharing or you know being part of a group or something, I guess, right? So there's some things that keep us together that are, I guess I'm saying like politically created. And I don't know, it's just a facet of it, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I guess it's bad because we're being politically persecuted, but it's good because we got to meet each other, right? Really gets to come together under that umbrella or from that shelter from that storm. Okay, so I think we tore apart that question enough, but surefire, she fires, that was a great question. Thanks for letting us uh, hit that one in multiple different ways here. We're at an hour, so I'm gonna try to hit these things, but I don't wanna go too much more than an hour, right? We wanna keep it uh, interesting and not uh, exhaustive. So Slav Guns earlier, when I think when I was talking about <clears throat> software or Adobe's or something, um, said DaVinci Resolve is free and it's far better than paid Premiere. So Adobe Premiere is a video editing software that costs somewhere between 40 and more, $80 a month uh, to have to unlock all of their packages. Um, but DaVinci, I suspect, is open source. I haven't used it. Have you used DaVinci Revol- Resolve Studio?
1: I have used uh, DaVinci Resolve just playing around with it. I've uh, never used it for any length of time. Um, I know that it is trusted by a lot of creators. It's used by a lot of creators, and I don't, you know, I'm sure there are drawbacks and there's perks and everything else compared to other, uh, to other softwares that are out there. Uh, so, you know, for some people that may work fine for some people it may not for me um you know it boils down to the learning curve for me i mean i've always been a cyberlink power director guy uh was forced into uh mov ABI by change in uh computer hardware and so for me it's just like once i've spent the time and familiarization on a certain software like i don't i don't like the switch and so that's kind of why I never picked up and, and ran with DaVinci Resolve, but it is again not a bad software, and I think something that can do people a pretty
0: decent job. Yeah, pretty good perspective on it. I started with what would you call it? What's the one you used? I started out years
1: ago with CyberLink PowerDirector. Oh yeah, um, so
0: CyberLink. Yeah. Used well, to be, I mean, honestly. Said CyberLink.
1: Honestly, when I started out with Windows Movie Maker. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. yeah, it yeah. was,
0: was free and it was part of yeah. Windows, like all of them. Yeah. Actually, I think it started in XP and that was kind of a new feature. And there was yeah. these little inexpensive but still cost money software. Yeah. So using I the Windows one, I had it, but yeah, pretty decent and yeah, not yeah. good. But anyway, uh, it was in Windows. So now it was just there. And just like in Mac, you know, they've got one in there too. Anyhow, it could do just fine and it could do pretty decent stuff, just kind of Mickey Mouse version, like a cartoon version of what the really nice software could do, but it could get the job done. Well, for me, it wasn't a hardware thing as much because I, anyway, you get CyberLink for free. Uh, With video cards, you get CyberLink when you buy a camcorder, you get CyberLink when you buy a digital camera sometimes, or you could just be minding your business and find an offer for a free version of CyberLink. So. For whatever reason that was their marketing plan and whenever windows media which i'd been using and being fine with knowing that there was better software out there but again it just didn't feel like mastering another version of software even back in those days i had already gone through multiple versions of every other kind of software it just wasn't a ambition i had to just tackle new software for no reason but what happened is youtube around 2010 11 after a couple of years and not caring what video software you were uploading with or what's file format decided that windows media microsoft they're going to go to war with so they weren't going to accept files made in windows media so you had to go to something else because windows media was no longer showing up in the right perspective or the right what's that called uh screen size it would show up as a narrow band it was really annoying so for a while there, that was one of the first real issues with YouTube is that they decided we don't like Microsoft files anymore. Therefore, we're gonna just change all their perspective to this weird, really wide, very narrow uh, perspective. And all the videos started showing up weird. You'd have to go back to all your videos and put in YT colon equals 16 colon five or something. And then that would change your videos to a, a horked version of a rectangle instead of a little stripe. And it was just a mess. So that's when I went to, to whatever you called it, because I had piles of them laying around for free. And I started liking it because it could add effects and you could do overlays and stuff, like some stuff that Windows couldn't do.
1: Oh, yeah. CyberLink PowerDirector, I mean, you've got access to the forums and, and like you could buy add-on packages for pretty cheap. Oh, I never too. bought
0: anything, but yeah, exactly. You had yeah. the ability to upgrade it from the free version and it was yeah. powerful. But then at, at some point what happened with me is that, yeah, the software couldn't couldn't run on my new computers. It was just right. too bad, too old. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to look around. So for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I was going to also bring this all up to say, I'm, I'm all about learning software. I like software. I, I enjoy it. However, if you only got X amount of time to, to devote to learning software for me, I like the 3d stuff. Now it's much more fun for me to learn the 3d stuff. I can turn that into a 3d print. I can put that into a car. If I can put it into an animation thing, you know, I can play with the animations and stuff. It's just more fun. I can get more productive with the files that I make in 3D stuff. So for video, I think I'm about done. I like my Adobe because it's powerful and it's got a lot of tools, but it's also the biggest DIY project on the planet because you can just go to YouTube and ask any question and find two or three capable people that'll answer your question effectively. Right. And then you can just move on. However, the same is true with DaVinci. So um, I'm not going to get into back and forth, but I think it's a great, thing to bring up that there are open source free versions that are completely capable and as powerful as the paid stuff. There's only slightly different reasons to go with one or the other at this point. And it has to do with the Adobe being a uh, cloud thing. And if I had clients who was trying to move files back and forth and they used Adobe, it would sort of be like using Zoom. I don't like Zoom. I like StreamYard. But if I have to talk to somebody on Zoom, I have Zoom installed, right? So it's one of those kind of things. But if you didn't have that issue or that element that you needed, the resolve is a uh, standalone. I, I'm sure it's capable. Like Clover said, I've never heard anybody really complain about it unless they're trying to sell you one of the others. So we probably went too long on that. The next one is she fires. I like it because it will tie the short back to the long form when we were talking about pulling the shorts. That's we get hit that already, I guess. Um, so now i'm saying i still use my mirrorless gopros oh and gopros for my videos and at home they just do a better job if it's a simple video or for shows i am loving the new iphone it's just much simpler and saves a ton of weight so have you used iphones at all i know you said you had some older ones Are you use any of the modern iphones at all
1: no i do not have anything modern as far as iphone
0: if I had money, I would get an iPhone cause Joe has one. He was lording it over me and Gizzard has one. He's making everybody look at his videos that he makes on it and they're, they're neat, but I just don't have the time to I'm not interested in doing it, but I would so, do it if I had more resources.
1: So I'm going to give, i give my assessment of this real quick. So I switched from iPhone to uh, Android back in the day, you know, quite a few years ago. Uh I switched because of some things I were, was doing and the ability to do that easier. There was a little more flexibility. iPhones are kind of stupid proof. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. But like, it, they all sync up. All your Apple devices sync up automatically and they just it just, they just do a lot of stuff they don't have. That's one reason I've kind of always liked uh, I've been able to manipulate Windows over the years. And so I've always been like a Windows guy, right? So um you know the android was i was able to tweak and and customize and and things uh, uh, for me a little more easier so that that's why i made the switch um and then also i'd made the switch because android kept the audio port in right um and then I, i continued to stick with android because android kept the sd card in uh, but nowadays, if we're talking about if I was to go to the store and get a phone right now, brand new, top of the line, whatever it is, like none of them have an audio port and none of them have an SD card. I mean, if you're talking about Apple and like mm-hmm. Samsung. Right. Um, so with with those things that I chose Samsung because of those specific things out of play at this point, I would 100 percent go back to iPhone at this point. Uh, I do believe in the more modern stuff, the iPhone camera at this particular point in time, maybe different in two years or whatever, but at this particular point in time, I think the the camera on the iPhone is better right now.
0: I think hands down. So I would go, again, if I had the money, I would go both just so that you stay current in both and have the best of both worlds.
1: Oh yeah, and especially if you, if you were able, and I don't know if you can do this, but especially if you were able to swap that SIM on the fly and be able to actually use either one as a phone in the event you needed to.
0: Well, no, uh, I mean, ideally I'd have that. both one on Verizon and one on AT&T or whatever the straddle that, yeah. is that gets you on, I forget what the, what the carriers are, but you know, that you get the most bandwidth and, and That's abilities, true. but yeah. Yeah. Right now I have AT&T with AT&T backer. So I'm good because it works almost everywhere but when it doesn't work both of my connections are AT&T and it doesn't work. But I hang out with people that have other connections so it's usually not an issue. At least it hasn't been since years from now. But we're anyway. So um getting a lot of comments. We're going to go 90 minutes I guess. So we got a lot of comments on the uh, video editing and stuff. So thanks everybody who's joining us for a conversation about this kind of stuff. Um, I guess it's we'll have another specific conversation on video editing, uh, but Barbecue brings up a point there that the DaVinci learning curve is steep. Even people who are highly experienced with it uh, with video editing software will say that it's difficult to learn and I, I haven't, I don't honestly remember DaVinci enough I was thinking more of the Photoshop alternatives and there's another one there that I ended up going with Adobe and I'll answer Ghost's question here in a second too, but I ended up going with Adobe and because I went with Adobe, that gave me Premiere and uh, Photoshop and, 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 right? It gives you all their packages. So it defaulted all my choices to Adobe because I have Adobe. If I didn't have Adobe, there are literally good options for all of them and... I don't know if we'll do a whole show on any one of them specifically, but we might do a whole show on software or something in the future here. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Um, but to answer Ghost's question at some point, how much is a subscription? You can buy Adobe, and I'm not selling it. I should have a, an affiliate link somewhere, so maybe I will in the future, but uh, um, I don't have an affiliate with them right now. But the Adobe is a subscription thing, which is lame, but I'm not justifying it. I'm just explaining it. And it's something like 60 bucks a month for the all of them, for everything that they offer in the package, at least it was the last time I looked. However, like Ghost or like Snob was saying, if you've got people in school, you can get it cheaper because they offer a teacher and a student version uh, that's more like $30 a month. And there's ways to get your $60 subscription down to 30. So for a long time, my subscription has been more like, it's under 40, I think it's 34, 95 a month and and i'm completely satisfied with adobe at 35 dollars a month the the updates and the features are great the amount of like what do you call it community resources is, is insane because it's amazing there's so much of it those still apply to other software packages so the big thing for it is that for 35 dollars a month uh which is a subscription it's not free but it is worth it for me since it's all those packages but the thing that you can share them all with the cloud, uh, again, if you've got clients or if you just want to take something and move it from one software to the other, you can just, they're all connected to each other. That element is, uh, makes it worthwhile for me. But uh, I don't know. You don't do the Adobe, you said Clover?
1: I use Photoshop. Uh, I have an older version that's, you know, the standalone. I've had for many years that so far still works. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, as far well and and then I've In got an older a version. Bunch of I've tools. got a I've got an older version of Photoshop and an older version of, of Adobe. Uh Acrobat, I should say Acrobat. Uh and well, which, I really, which I really which I really, really love for for my media packet purposes and things like that. I absolutely love being able to create and manipulate PDFs. But um, those are the only two. I've had them for years. They're they're the standalone versions, but that's the only one now I have played with many of the adobes i've played with free trials here and there and and other things and i'm not i'm not anti adobe by any stretch of the imagination
0: oh barbecue is saying he's paying 15 bucks a month for a year from a black friday sale i wonder if that's for all of them or for just the one because they i should have said they also sell just one at a time for like 20 bucks a month or something and uh that's Probably works, but I don't know. Like I say, for twenty bucks a month for like Photoshop, I would look at one of the open source alternatives to Photoshop, see if it you know works for you, because then there's no charge. For twenty bucks a month, for thirty bucks you get all of the Adobe. So that's why for me I was like, well, I don't I can see paying twenty bucks for one, but for thirty bucks I get all of them, and I really wanted. I haven't been able to take advantage of it much because I don't have the time to do it, but I really wanted the animation stuff. Of course now I'm finding out that Blender is open source and free and some of the most fun software I've ever used, most powerful and fun software I've ever used. So oh the barbecue's getting them all of them for $15.99. That's an insane. I mean, I think it's totally worth it. Yeah and the other side of it is I understand Adobe. And here, if you're not working with customers or clients, then who cares if you know Adobe or not? But if you're working with people who use Adobe. It gives you a common language so it's like oh you don't know french big deal but if you're working with french people all the time it's kind of helpful to know french so to some extent understanding adobe is like understanding macintosh or something understanding apple products like you you may not love it but on having that skill set is can be useful or necessary so for right. 15 bucks a month yeah no brainer that's awesome um anyway so to get on moving off a of software Daniel. So what's the new heart button? I didn't, you start that. What is that all about?
1: Um, I, you know, I don't know what he's referring to. So there's two, when I'm thinking YouTube, I'm thinking two different types of heart buttons. I'm thinking the heart and the comments. So that's a increased level of awareness or engagement. The heart button in a comment, when you, as a creator, heart somebody's comment, it holds a little more weight than a, than a thumb, than a thumbs up does. Uh, it basically counts the same as if you would have commented or replied on that video. Um, I got to think, I just mentioned that because it is a heart on the YouTube platform. I got to think probably what he's talking about is the super thanks, which is essentially a super chat as a comment to a video. uh, That also has a heart, if I'm not mistaken, a heart with a dollar sign in it. So um, that is basically a tip button where you can, uh, in a video, you can, tip a creator and of course leave a message and it highlights that everybody's able to see your message it, it makes it stand out from the crowd it's kind of like buying the uh, bold entry in the yellow pages years ago right uh, you, know, you can throw a few bucks or whatever a creators way get your uh, comment all highlighted and everybody will see it and that sort of stuff
0: yeah it's definitely an incremental um, fee or whatever they call it, just like the games, the in-game fees type of thing. They're they're playing off of the tendency for people to not pay attention to a couple of bucks and not, you know, to, to like you're saying, to get a little extra in-game play during the uh, chats and stuff. But in this case, the thanks is for a video. You might be watching a video and go, oh, this was super useful or like, wow, I never thought of that. You just saved me 30 bucks. Here's two bucks. Thank you. And then... uh well literally move some resources around let the person know hey this is a valuable video thanks for posting it you know here's some incentive to do more of this more of the same right oh yeah. uh, stop says if i take time to make a short i think like if i take time to make a short that i think will do well it gets 500 views i throw one up that was just a throwaway and it gets a million views and i i don't want to say that's all the time but that's the kind of that's what i was talking about with my strategy of just put shorts up to engage the system because yeah you can't i mean like i i remember one where i was like oh this is the coolest part of a video where somebody explained something or said something super poignant or super cool i post it and it nobody cares because it's somebody's face or whatever and then another video where again i'm trying to focus on what they said the the little gun or something pokes from behind this thing on the wall and then it's like a million views look at that gun so that that can be frustrating on the other hand is it is it like sport fishing or something it's tough to catch a shark but once you catch one you caught got a shark you know so is it is are the shorts somehow more satisfying or satisfying in a different way that you know a successful short has its own i don't know satisfaction i can't think oh uh,
1: a short is not the metrics on the short a million views on a short is certainly not weighted the same as a million views
0: no but i'm just saying as far as the human if you're is that another thing to achieve like oh i'm gonna try to you know it's like i'm gonna keep doing shorts until i figure out the strategy to shorts and i don't know maybe that's another oh there
1: are people that play that game yeah they're 100 percent devoted shorts channels out there so yeah
0: you know, like somebody might never go to a casino and play roulette or craps or blackjack, but they slum down in front of a slots and they're like, "Oh, where's?" Oh, slots that happens the all that the idea. time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I would say the vast majority of people that go to casinos never sit down at a table game. They all play the slot
0: machine. So I'm just thinking, maybe it's some of that mentality that, like, you don't, you're not there for the long haul, even though you're very, you're there for a very long time. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not eating a lot. I'm just eating these bite-sized things for an hour. <laughs> like I never got a, a plate of food. I've just been eating these hors d'oeuvres for an hour. Right. All right so moving on to Slav Guns, as per Adobe, eighty percent of the time on eighty percent of time spent on mobile is spent watching and consuming shorts and vertical videos. That's today for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, There was a time when everyone held their phone Horizontal so they could just watch videos And people just have not been doing that So is that a tendency of people not wanting to turn Their phones or the platforms All made their stuff vertical Like can it go back or will it go back I don't think it
1: was a demand From consumers necessarily I think it was the ease Of making software work uh, You know and other things It doesn't have to pick up all the gyros Or whatever that I oh, see that it's it's moved. it doesn't have to rescale the screen, you know it's it's just, you know, I think it was a thing where software uh, and uh, let me back up. I don't think that it was a an a push from any type of consumers, but it might have been from laziness because we all know people, even back in the day when. You could turn your screen and you knew you needed to turn your screen how many people were oblivious to that and never turned their screen and so they uploaded a vertical video in a horizontal format right how and it would just be all black
0: with that? a little stripe yeah. of a video and they'd yeah watch it how
1: before. many times have we seen that you know over the over the years especially in the early days so well that's people
0: because
1: recognize that they're like screw it we'll just build our software and our stuff to where you know you don't rotate it doesn't rotate it, it goes vertical <laughs>
0: So then I don't disagree. And I think that's a factor of that is that we came from people never had a phone before or phones were attached to walls or whatever. But then when phones could be carried around, they were clunky and just dumb. They were old phones. Then you could text and blah, blah, blah. We get to where the people that majority, a ton of the half the people maybe that own phones grew up. You know, with what I just explained there and fast forward, you know, not, you know, we, we came to phones. Now you got the other half of people who have had phones their entire lives and they're essentially been smartphones their whole lives, just various levels of being cooler. So that's two different sets of brains, right? So, yes, to I agree with what you said there, but then and into all the reasons why it would be easier for developers to make the phone less intensive, use intensive to just leave it vertical. But then i was going to say there's going to be an element of it where the people who grew up looking at their phones vertical are going to go i'm done with this we're this is the boomer thing this is to appease boomers this was because software was clunky back in the day i want my hologram or whatever you know they're going to have something next and i would oh, yeah. be surprised if yeah. like just as a fad they're like yeah. i'm sick of holding my phone vertical i'm holding my phone horizontal and everything better move horizontal because the next TikTok is horizontal old man, like we don't hold our phone vertical, grandpa, you know, like that kind of element will happen when you know this thing's going to keep going.
1: Well, or, it, or the day going. that the day that the phone is tied to an ocular implant or the day that the phone displays on your sunglasses. Or yeah, the day and that, then it's all 360, <laughs> right? Or a hologram comes out of your Apple Watch, right? It's like it, there's going to be another evolution that we'll have the same conversation about that evolution. But I just think the vertical, I think the – I think the software and the and the hardware companies they played on. I don't think anything was necessarily intentional. I think they played on the laziness of the consumers, you know, and it as a
0: as a, the a byproduct. The, as a byproduct, one or the other.
1: Right, as a byproduct, it just caught on, as you know. As, as yeah, all nobody,
0: c- nobody cared, so nobody questioned, so nobody yeah. complained. Yeah, and it's just the way it is now. And that's what it is what it is. Now, here's the people that complain. People like us that came from uh, TV sets, our eyes being next to each other and not on top of each other, and then holding our phones whichever way we felt like it. We're still filming the other way. And we're frustrated because everything's being filmed the other way. So I'd say, get over it, because it's now that I've played with shorts and started fighting them, uh, at least filming in a vertical format to appease whatever platform you're going to do with it it's just a different brush so it's like you know okay you well, don't you like having a this kind of brush we'll try the other kind of brush it's just a different tool to achieve getting content across or getting something archived
1: well the and, vast.
0: Well, go ahead.
1: you know motion pictures are not filmed in vertical at least not yet and, and and part of that reason is the vast majority of things you get more in the frame and and everything if it's horizontal right and so like i said for the vast not necessarily everything but for the vast majority of things you can get more stuff in a frame and, and all that good stuff with it being horizontal uh, and we haven't seen motion pictures necessarily playing around with that idea much right so you know the the idea of horizontal i think is still valid for a lot of different reasons uh for the quick for the you know uh quote unquote amateur because you can be a professional, you know, creator, uh, that be your 100% your day job and still be considered, you know, amateur video and amateur content, um, amateur videography, let's say. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, does fine. Um, you know, I, I think that what's, what's interesting though, if you think about it, if you take a vertical one vertical video, right. That's one thing. But what happens now when we move, start moving into 3D? When we start moving into displays in your glasses, we start moving up things like that. What happens when you take that one vertical, and then now you've got another vertical beside it on either side, and another another vertical beside those on the other side, and another, and all of a sudden you built a 360 degree. Now we get into the 360D camera issue, right? And that picture, like. There's really no aspect ratio to it. It's 360 degrees. So it's a totally different it's a totally different game. If you've got the right headset or VR viewer or your glasses or whatever you might be doing, right. But even if that dis- display is two dimensional or whatever in your glasses, if you move your head up, you see what's in the picture of the video up. If you move your head down, you see down. Side to side, you feel what I'm saying. So the whole idea of aspect ratios and whatever for uh, for content is starting to get thrown out the window with 360, anyway, or 3D or whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, and as you know, whenever the next step in storage or cloud. Shared storage becomes less weird and more common than, uh, you know, having huge file sizes. People are going to record, like they now, the people record in 4K knowing they're going to pull a vertical slice out of it that they want to keep huge, you know, in large file size. So the same way people do giant 360 files knowing that, like you just said, they can pull any aspect ratio, any anything out of it later and just record everything now. And it's always been the case when storage space gets cheap so we'll see if that continues to i don't know you know the cyber thing has kind of cyber coins and all that has tapered so the there's potentially a bunch of processors out there that are going to be retasked or turned into some kind of powerful cloud either storage or ai you know what i mean so anyway getting off into the tangents there I think we'll move on since we're at the 90 minutes to a couple of these last starred ones. Snob said that his top or his top 10 states videos, so the videos he's done on top 10 states, you know, for this top 10 states for that, take him at least 30 hours by the time he does all the research and then getting all the royalty-free footage for him and all the editing and everything. But then they've paid off. So I'm not sure what we were talking about. It was a while a bit ago, so I'm not sure the topic that he's addressing that to, but. Maybe the idea that uh, some things can be done on the cuff and be successful and other things that you uh, put a lot of effort into can fall flat, but not always, right? So sometimes putting the effort in, the strategy, the, the forethought, and then the, uh, the effort into... Uh, can have a payoff do you think that that's hit or miss or do you think that that's like a consistency thing do you think that uh just having a system and practicing the discipline to continue that system always just builds uh the practices that allow you to be successful or i don't know we're 90 minutes in i don't know how far you want to take i don't that. know
1: i think when you do things like that i mean uh, you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, right so, looking back at that, it's like, could you, could Snob have shortened that video? He wouldn't have alleviated his work, but we're talking about the results of the work, right on the back end, uh, playing armchair, quarterback, or whatever here. If, you know, he would have broken that top 10 out into an individual video on each state and the number with which it ranks, and then those would have been in a playlist, or maybe the top five and the bottom five, or, you know, maybe played with it some different way to have shortened the video would it have made a difference right because longer videos can definitely be problematic but then at the end of the day it's nice to it's kind of like I was talking about earlier you know sometimes I think for weeks or days or weeks or months uh, about video concepts and things I want to do and like I want to do them like I don't freaking care and so that that's practice in doing a video that's practice in doing research you know, I see all of the, the processes that leads up to making that video and then making the video and releasing it and everything else, you know, as a, you know, it's practice, it's learning, it's, you know, it's all that, all those things rolled into one. Um, and then at the end of the day, there is a, it, it, the video is out there. It's, it's an archive and especially something like snob is talking about it. To snob's point, dude, I point people to your video all the time to that, the top, uh, whatever places with the best gun laws or whichever video that was i know he's done several but something about the best places to live or 2a or whatever um I, i point people to that video i think i pointed two people to that video this week right so it is a resource there are people that do appreciate it uh but it's not dramatic it's not flashy it's not Blowing up safes with a tank—it's the you only. Know, it's not the newest gun at Shot Show, you know. Um, so you got to be realistic about what the you know the audience that Snob has versus the um, you know and the audience that Snob's channel garners uh, versus the actual content itself. And um, you know, most of the people that I would wager that that watch Snob's content are probably kind of aware of which states suck and which ones don't.
0: and you took it into a bunch of different areas there so first off i want to take a second and go uh, or just mention the fact that you know we're talking a lot and definitely going into shot show very capitalist very channels and how channel relationships and funding channels and you know the nuts and bolts of channels and getting content and being effective and efficient and all that and all of this is it's an aspect but it's not a necessary aspect and it's not the only aspect and it's not the only thing I'm interested in. And I know Clover will talk about other things also, but we uh, are allowed to have a channel and just freaking have fun with it. You're allowed to have a channel and just be contrary. I mean, I know people that are just weird with their shit and uh, in, you know, just enjoy being contrary or, or, or sarcastic or something that's valid. You know, we need pranksters. We need people that are devil's advocates. We need people that are wrong, right? It's a free country. And, and we're not in lockstep you can and i'm hoping that people are experiencing this and in, in here that aren't necessarily just motivated by relationships and community or rights or whatever right like you can be here for lots of different reasons so i just wanted to bring that up but <clears throat> at the same time you can be a dumbass and you can unless you're rich or something and independently wealthy Uh, you can fund this all by yourself or you can realize that you are playing in a realm that is capitalism or that, you know, is in capitalism. You can be capitalist about this and, you know, you can listen to this stuff and have it just, you know, go in and out out the other, or you can absorb some of this and realize that there are ways to play this game in a lot of different levels. Uh, There's, you know, more than one thing being accomplished here. So that being said, um, I definitely appreciate people that post stuff that needs to exist. And I don't necessarily think that's fighting the stream, but I realize that in a lot of ways, just just treading water is fighting the current. And if you just want to see if something, to create something to create it, or if you wanna put something there because you believe it needs to be there, then you know we're here to help you. At least I'm here to help you with that too. Unless it's something completely contrary to my beliefs or something, right? Then you can go figure it out for yourself. But um, I'm not going to prevent you from putting it out there. But, you know, I'm saying like uh, this isn't all just, um, you know, strategies for success. And uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Like uh, business building. You know, there's a lot of just having fun with this too. It's just that a lot of these skill sets and talents and stuff. Will make your fun a lot more fun if it's free right or it makes your funds a lot more fun if it's paying for some bills or something i just wanted to kind of throw that out there you had a couple of things there i mean we could probably take a, a clip from clover's response to that and i think it was about four different tangents but i guess the main one i wanted to hit was uh what i just said i won't repeat it all All right. So the next one then would be ghost saying how much is the subscription? I answered that one. The ex- ghost is also saying then the experts use their knowledge as their business. That's cool. But they are selling a dream as a money maker. Don't trust them much. So I think that's back when we were talking about or when you were talking, maybe or I'd asked you about the coaches or the people that are out there that encourage content yeah. creators or yeah. you know, that kind of thing.
1: Got to be skeptical, but fair is what I would say. Like,
0: yeah. Well, again, some of them are out there to like, how do you make your small business work? Or how do you use YouTube to make your small business more effective? Like they're in the same realm with people that are like, I want to share my art. And they're just doing different paths towards a similar direction, but they're not on the same path. And they're not just because they're not together. doesn't mean they're against each other. So I think that that's part of it too. Like people will show up and get stuff from these coaches or experts and it doesn't mean everybody's going to the same destination, maybe that's the way to say it. Uh-huh. Or carrying the same load, right? Or yeah. trying to accomplish the same things.
1: Yeah, I think about the diversity of the content, right? I mean, even in our niche, we are all different in the way we approach it, the way we produce it, the way we do our things, what we're into, what we, you know, the type of stuff we enjoy making within a niche. So now broaden that out to an infinite amount of niches creators and types and businesses and industries and everything else. And like, yeah, it gets crazy.
0: There's a bunch of ads for the Oklahoma Department of Tourism on that video. I guess is what we're finding out.
1: Ghost did have a, a comment that I sort of disagree with. He was, he was at one point, he said something about
0: oh, that which one? he was.
1: Well, I don't What's know. One? He was talking about the creator people, and he said that there's no or the creator gurus, and he's like, there's no recipe. And so, uh, right here it is. The problem with the is that no one truly knows how to grow. There's no recipe to get big. Um, I would, I would phrase that a little different. I, I think there is a recipe. I think the problem with that recipe is I would view it more as if there, there is a recipe, but it, it contains ingredients that are out of your control as to whether or not you can obtain, ever obtain them. <laughs> this is the problem. like, there can be a recipe if you've got the on-camera presence if you've got you know um, quality production level or if you're if you're in tune so much with your um, with your niche or whatever your topic is if you are master of seo and that sort of things if you are a very good communicator you know you start putting all these ingredients into a recipe then yeah i think you can but I, I think the problem is like there is a recipe but for the vast majority of people that actual recipe is unobtainable um, and at the end of the day that recipe also leads to a big goal because in any any alludes to that to be honest he says that you know no one truly knows how to grow well that's assuming grow is your goal for some it's just simply making money uh, there are channels out there that have just a few thousand subscribers that that's in addition to their business. And even though they only have a few thousand subscribers, those few thousand subscribers are dedicated customers of their business. And that ends up generating them in their actual real life business thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So outside looking in, people may look on that channel, look down on that channel and go, oh, it's only that channel's only got two or three thousand subscribers. They don't know what they're talking about. But yet they're making millions of dollars a year in the real world uh, because of their knowledge base and everything. So it's an extension of their channel. Right. Uh, that's a much different situation than, hey, I want a bunch of big numbers. I just want lots of views and lots of subscribers. So. um, you know, we got to identify. You know, what is the recipe making first of all? It was just the issue, uh, and then for a lot of things, you know, yeah. When you're talking about when you're talking about growth, when you're talking about numbers, I would agree with with him uh, that you know it's um, yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody can truly give a recipe in the sense that. A lot of the things that's required for that just this is just being honest the vast majority of people they do not have access to those ingredients they'll never have the camera presence they'll never have the production value they'll never have the communication skills you know and this is evident by those people that grow to a certain point and hire team members right if you look at a lot of the larger channels it's not just one person running that channel like there's a half a dozen people they are working on that channel. There may be the front man, there may be the, the name or the front woman, there may be the name of the, the channel, whatever person there or whatever, but all of their editing, all of their scripting, all of their lighting, all of their makeup, all of their everything, right? It's done by somebody else that is, that is a better ingredient for that recipe. But the disservice in a way is when you start getting into Uh, The creator gurus that don't that don't really highlight and nail on that and tell you. And this is why it is very difficult to compare yourself to another channel, because even the smaller channel, there are smaller channels that are collaboration projects. So there are smaller channels out there that may only be 30 or 40 or 50,000 subscribers. And I say only that's huge but they may be 30, 40, or 50,000 subscribers. And as a 500 subscriber channel, you're going, oh man, you know, I could get to their, their spot. I mean, look at what they're doing. And it's like, well, no, because even though they're, you know, smaller, they're not a million subscriber channel. That's a collaboration effort between four or five people that have expert level skills in four or five different areas. And all of that is able to contribute where you have, Maybe expert skills in one of those, but mediocre, or you know, median skills anyway uh, at the rest of the stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crap shoot. That's what I'm saying.
0: All right. Well, first off, I wanted to say thanks to everybody for joining us live. And since you're joining us live, we did have a poll going asking about when we should keep doing this coaching or collaborative. Let's talk about being a content creator show. We'll come up with a good name. Uh, Should we keep doing that on Tuesday or at a different time or at a different day? And so far, the feedback is Tuesday a.m. by far is the majority of the vote. So we'll definitely be back this time at next week, but we'll keep asking that to refine it. So you'll have more insight there. But I'm going to ask you for a challenge. Uh, Give us a topic for next week. Since you're part of this, you're the conversation that we're having here, or you're the other side of the conversation. Let us know what our topic should be for next week. Uh, We'll vote on that as we see some topics show up in the thing here. But this uh, has turned out to be a really interesting question again. We're going to dissect a bit, so I didn't want to interrupt you, but there's a couple of things there. There's not just a recipe. If there was, everyone would follow it. There are recipes that work. Now, there's recipes for beer, right? And if you've got a chick with big boobs selling beer at a beer festival of dudes, just got off a boat from years at sea or something uh whatever that recipe for beer is is less is less consequential right now if you've got uh beer being sold to nuns right and they're buying one beer over another maybe the recipe matters or if maybe nuns is a bad example maybe beer connoisseurs at a beer rally or something right like maybe now you, you you so there's that element that there might be a recipe that works And that recipe may or may not apply if you're looking at the big picture. So anybody can dissect here. I wanted to use another example that might or may not work. I just came up with this, but I didn't want to interrupt you. But let's say George Carlin, right? And I I don't want to, I know I'm using a person who's passed, but I'm using this intentionally, hopefully it's respectfully. So George Carlin, I think everyone understands his significance in the culture and in the society of the United States. If George Carlin was alive today doing a Joe Rogan type situation, would Joe Rogan exist? Because George Carlin, I believe, would dwarf Joe Rogan in any aspect, and he would be able to own the podcast realm if, if George Carlin was around today, right? In that situation, I'm going to use that Tim Pool guy from California. Would he exist if George Carlin was Joe Rogan today? Right. So anybody could look at what Tim Poole has done and say, here's a recipe for success, but it's a recipe for success in a time and place when his was a flavor people were looking for and there was a lack of a George Carlin alternative. Right. Yeah. So anybody can scrutinize something and say, ah, look at the lighting, look at the stuff he had on his desk, look at the scenery, all elements of a successful podcast. But a true coach, a true person, is going to say, "What are you trying to accomplish, and where do you fit in in the big picture, and and you know what are your strengths and your uh, advantages to to the play the the set and setting, the real playing field you're in." So I just want to throw those out there. Like I say, that might be topics for a bigger discussion. About the yeah, I
1: watched, yeah, I just watched a video yesterday of inventions that were before their time and sort of along the lines of what you're talking about, like, you know, the parachute, the helicopter, the the computer, right? And they were talking about, it, and I mean, we're talking about things decades, if not hundreds of years were thought of before there was the technology, before there, and it was like, what if those things, what if that was, what if t- the time was different, right? What if the means to produce those things or do those things was more prevalent the tech was available you know how would that have changed everything you know what if we would have had helicopters 200 years before we ever had the first airplane you know or you know like legit helicopters right like how would that change the whole landscape so yeah it's it's time is the the time and in place absolutely 100 percent matters and that's also why we have to be paying attention and keeping up with a lot of different moving parts and pieces too. You know, if our goal is growth, if our goal is to take advantage of trends, not trends in the in the sense of the card keeping up with the Kardashians, right? Not trends in that sense, but trends in in, in wanting to catch those waves and ride those waves that come in. Uh, from the industry side or, you know, whatever the case may be for as long as possible. We have to be paying attention to the times and place, uh, places in which we create our content.
0: Smeggy so says completely unrelated. He watched a documentary on the guy who invented or made soft body armor, Second Chance. i uh, be interested in having a conversation with people who've seen it. I haven't seen it. I'll seek it out, though. And he has the only suggestion we've got so far so again we're asking people we're challenging the people that are listening live right now to uh give us a topic to bring up next week for our show uh, where we're talking about content creation not just on youtube but in general in 2023 Uh, but smeggy's ideas topic for another show should you join a network not sure if there's any insight to gain from the daily wire crowder thing Oh, I don't know what that means. I barely know that Crowder is a dude who has a – he's the guy that sat on a thing and said, change my mind or whatever. And then I don't know what Daily Wire is. Podcast Uh, or radio show.
1: Okay, I asked I was muted. Um, Yeah, that's a whole thing. So that's not – uh, that's a whole can of worms to open up, right, with a network. So the, the days of, like, the, the MCN, the multi-channel networks, like, once upon a time were, you know, prevalent. That's not so much a thing anymore. The whole thing with the, the Crowder. Okay, so, so uh, what's his name? The little Jew boy, uh, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is the Daily Wire, right? Um uh, Steven Crowder, both you know, conservative YouTube channel, talk radio, whatever personalities, let's say. Um so with um there's a situation where with just to give some backstory, uh, Crowder come on, Crowder started getting big, Crowder entered in signed a deal to kind of become a part of the blaze, which was Glenn Black's Beck's thing. That contract was starting to dwindle. Uh, and the daily wire was courting him about bringing him over there and big deal. Contracts were put out there, not liked, uh, agreements couldn't be reached. That's basically the idea behind the, the daily wire Crowder thing. Right. Um, so again, that's that's different than the multi-channel network in that that's I don't, I don't know that is 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 more getting under the umbrella of another business um, multi-channel networks and, and there's it runs the gamut. This is similar. It's definitely adjacent, but then you've got uh, networks when you just say networks, right? Joining a network. Well, I'm a part of the network. I'm part of the firearms radio network and there's zero obligation to that. So like, there's no real loss on my part for that. Uh, I know there's some folks out there in the chat, whatever that are, are you know, members of the self-defense radio network. And as far as I've been told by those I've, I've spoken with, there's really no downside to that. I mean, you could say the upside is being a part of a network and you know, you get some real estate on their site and, you know, within their uh, publications and, and some other things. So there are some perks with very little downside. Uh, the, the multi-channel networks of old would basically take control of, gee, you can probably speak to this more than anybody, but, you know, would basically trade control all your revenue and then divvy that back up as they see fit. So uh, much different situation. So um, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know, especially for for any type of smaller creator, I don't know that talking about networks or joining a network is is that relevant in 2023. But I, again, I'd be interested to do your thoughts on that, G. What do you think?
0: So that's more of like a an established or like off. I mean, like a a network, like a strategic network, I guess. Right. Sounds like, I guess I'm thinking more of like gun channels, like, you know, more just people that are affiliated with each other as a network or that, you know, have each other's best interests in in mind. Right. I mean, you know, any type of collaboration, I think can be beneficial, but there's all, obviously we've had all kinds of ups and downs with that kind of stuff. We're all humans and times go on you know time moves on and things change and uh so i mean and then we're talking youtube networks again there's there's different levels of i guess obligation or responsibility to them uh depending on how official or whatever they are and yeah we're we're talking about different different like a spectrum of them i guess So Smeggy's clarifying, I was more just thinking from a creator point of view, or as you get bigger, should you sign up with something to help you? Does it hinder you? Yeah, I'm super apprehensive about them because I've had negative experiences personally with them. And uh, But at the same time, I understand the concept of collaboration and the benefits of having, uh, what's it called, like just shared resources, I guess, but, you know, people that are Um, interested and able to do their skill set sharing with people that are in the need of understanding or you know having that skill so there's some definite advantage again having allies and to having people have your best interest out there you know just having a an aware ally Uh, peer who can say hey you know you have you've got a an error over here or you did something inconsistent over here and it's, you don't have to worry about it being like, you know, you know that it's coming from a, from a good place. So I can see some real advantages, but the disadvantages, it kind of depends on scale and how, how elaborate they are, I guess. Now it's two hours. Uh Future topic. How many platforms should you be on? Very good topic idea. I like Thanks that. to a uh, guitar gear report, which is a, is it an element of Gear Report, gear-report.com, or is it a separate website?
1: Uh, that's an element of gear-report.com, as far as I know. I don't think there's a separate site. It's definitely a separate channel. But okay, yeah, but that's
0: a great one. site. Maybe it isn't such a good idea. So uh, <laughs> we've had writers do guest work for our – oh, wait, this is actually – Going back to Paul, it said some other stuff about a website and I'm not going to miss website comments, so we'll go extra long for website stuff. Uh, Let's see. So I think this was the first one. Search engine optimization is pretty important, but the content needs to be good, too. And then following up, our website has pretty good traffic and a lot of it comes from click throughs searching. So search engine optimization matters, but people will not stay if the content sucks. So I don't know what Paul's site is, but I'm definitely down for talking more website stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely, I keep bugging, or probably boring Clover to death with, uh, I definitely am, my ambition is to get my website stuff uh, more honed in again this year. And uh, working on figuring out, I just took a hit with the YouTube, Uh, monetization thing which is a couple of hundred bucks but I've been looking to how to add a hundred plus dollars I think it's like a hundred and something dollars worth of software to the mix and I just you know it's not in anywhere near in a budget and I don't have any kind of potential income to cover it but I would like to get some tool some software what do you call it what do you call that kind of stuff that I'm looking to get the uh, do you call them tools like internet tools I guess internet development tools and they're not inexpensive, but they're powerful and they can offer insight to people like us that have built this stuff over the years that we might not need forever, but you know, having a year subscription will give us a a 2023 slash 24 insight to the way things are working. Once you get your feel for it, you can let the subscription lapse and you have an idea of the way the internet's working today. So I kind of need a refresher and the way you get a refresher is by getting a, a, you know, a real uh subscription to some tools that can to give you some real insight so anybody that's interested in doing some website work let's let's talk because i do need to uh, get some people together to kind of yeah essentially help pay for these tools and people that are going to understand the value of the results of the tools and give us a wide variety of experience so that we can because learn you know buying an expensive tool and evaluating your own let's say we're putting together a car Uh, from parts or something, you know, you put your car together and you decide, am I gonna buy these diagnostic tools or am I gonna take it to a shop? All right, I'm gonna bite the bullet and I'm gonna buy the diagnostic tools. So now you've got this diagnostic tool that cost a bunch of money, you've got this vehicle that you're using it on, but if you had three or four people that also built their cars and you can go in on these diagnostic tools together, and now when you put your Ford in there and you put your Chevy in there and you put your Dodge in there and you get the readings, you're all getting stronger and better able to understand the diagnostic tools because you're all involved in each other's projects. And then you've got that peer, that person who could care less about dodges, but they care about your dodge, right? And they can go, hey, you know, and my diagnostic thing, I didn't get this murmur. You're getting it The zero two sensor, right? You know, you've got that kind of thing going on with websites and with social platforms. So anyway, I'm going off on a couple of directions there, but. I'm really interested in uh, finding more well, people who are interested in this aspect of it.
1: But websites is in your screen name. It's obvious you're in the pocket of big websites. So we
0: get it. Well, and then I just got hit by the thing monetization thing. And that's one of those wake up calls that you com- you get too complacent with anything and you're putting too many eggs in one basket, right? So, you know, having all your income come from one place is great. It's great for taxes, but it's, it's strategically. Frustrating if you're trying to do be nimble or have you know multiple income streams or you know, have you know, a more solid income stream
1: that's a potential talk for a show. I mean, we can't give tax advice, obviously, but identifying some of the things that creators need to be ta- paying attention to those that are monetized and whatnot uh, that need to be paying attention to as far as taxes go. I mean, that could be. I don't know. I'm throwing that out there to people that are listening right now. I mean, if if you think that's something that uh, is worth exploring, uh, I'm in the middle of doing taxes now. <laughs> so that's what it's on the forefront of my mind. And, and, you know, I'm going through paperwork and I'm going through different revenue streams and I'm going through different expenses and I'm going through different things. And, you know, I'm thinking, Oh man, yeah, I can write this off or, Oh man, I forgot about this money that come in, you know, uh, and a lot of different things. So, uh, that could be something to to discuss, to put on the table, I don't know. And something different, I mean, I don't know that we've ever talked about anything like that. I know other channels have, other guru channels, but I don't know that we have.
0: My nice strike is out there. Thanks for joining us, and yeah, we're getting off into lots of topics. So we just hit the two-hour mark. Do appreciate the people that join us. Our goal is to do an hour-ish, right? I mean, definitely an hour, but uh, you know, keep it closer to an hour. Um, this one was sort of an open topic, and I think we had productive time together here. We did get some topics. Clover and I'll contemplate them here and decide on one. Feel free though to continue posting topic ideas in the description of either of our videos i guess this is creepy normally i say no matter where you put them i'm gonna see them but now if you put them on Clover Side, i'll never see the comment unless i go look at it so that won't happen so um leave us comments and we'll uh get them and you know, we appreciate everybody that spends some time on on what might be considered the boring or the less interesting part but in a lot of ways it's super neat to you know anybody can drive a car but once you can open up the hood and know how it works And decide, okay, I want to change this part and be able to evaluate if that was a good decision or not. It just takes it to another realm. So I really enjoy participating on the internet, not just on the YouTube, but uh, finding so many people on YouTube has been cool. Anyway, you want to wrap it up and then we'll end it.
1: I don't have a lot to wrap up with. I so just say thanks for the suggestions, the conversations again, for those that are out are in the chat, whether it's on the, the gun website side or the GunTuber Academy side, the vast majority of names you've seen out there are creators. So I'd say check them out, see what they're doing, uh, all that kind of stuff. Keep in mind that uh, this did stream on the GunTuber Academy channel, but I do have the Clover Attack icon up. So, um, i try to keep the uh, nerdy talk the creator talk the non environment related uh, directly related stuff you know on that uh, that channel and not on the main but i invite you to check out the main if you you know want to just hang out and see some cool stuff so um, yeah thanks for hosting g and uh hopefully we'll have a good topic for next week